Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 677 of WaveScan for release on Sunday, February 13th. Tomorrow, Monday, the 14th of February, 2022, is International Radio Day. The program for today, we have radio station 2MT, the centenary of the first regular radio broadcasting station in England. We'll have some reception reports from our Wayscan listeners and our Philippine DX report from Henry Umarai. Radio historians in England inform us that the very first radio broadcasting station established anywhere in the British Isles was located at Rittwell in England, and the auspicious date for their inaugural broadcast was Tuesday, February 14, 1922. That would be exactly 100 years ago tomorrow, Monday, February 14, 2022, International Radio Day. Here's Ray Robinson. Thanks, Jeff. The picturesque village of Rittel is located on the west side of the River Cam, just one mile west of the centre of the much larger town of Chelmsford in the county of Essex in England. This village has been described as one of the loveliest villages in England, with a ravishing variety of ancient cottages. <laughs> I might be a bit biased because it's less than 15 miles from where I was born and raised in Essex. Anyway, the village of Rittle traces its history back to the time of the Roman conquest, more than 2,000 years ago, and it was mentioned by name in the historic Doomsday Book of 1086. The population of Rittle these days is a little more than 5,000. The historic inaugural transmission from Station 2MT took place in a prefabricated wooden army hut that was constructed during World War I for use in France, though it never left England. In 1919, the Marconi Company obtained the hut as war surplus equipment and erected it on the roadside edge of a sometimes flooded and soggy field in Rittle. Marconi personnel installed early electronic equipment in the radio hut for experimental voice communication with aircraft. A newly appointed Postmaster General gave reluctant approval for the new 2MT to broadcast a 15-minute programme of speech and music, which was to be included within the weekly half-hour frequency calibration transmission. The responsibility for this now historic radio broadcast was given to the Marconi engineer, Royal Air Force Captain Peter P. Eckersley, in the morning of February 12, 1922, just two days before the intended inaugural transmission. A new transmitter had been assembled with the use of parts already available at the new Marconi factory that had been established on New Street in Chelmsford, ground that was part of the Essex County Cricket Club. The completed transmitter was installed in the radio hut at Rittle. This new radio transmitter used five Marconi glass-enclosed valves or tubes and the filament voltage was generated by two four-cylinder Austin motor car engines. 
The incoming electrical current was rated at 400 volts at 300 cycles. The antenna system consisted of four parallel wires on 12-foot spreaders, all of which were supported by two Marconi masts 110 feet tall and 200 feet apart. This awesome inaugural radio broadcast on February 14, 1922, began at 7.15pm, and it was transmitted on long wave 700 metres, 428 kHz, with a power of 250 watts. The regular Tuesday night frequency calibration test began at 7pm, and this was followed by the inaugural programme broadcast. 62 years ago, on the 16th of February 1960, Captain Eckersley gave a talk to the BBC Engineering Society about those early days. Here, in his own words, are some of his recollections about how those broadcasts came into being, at that time some 38 years earlier. Well, now we come, of course, to the great moment in England. Then um, the amateurs of England, they petitioned the then Postmaster General that they might have a station, a reliable station, on which to calibrate their receivers. Sounded wonderful. And um, they put in a petition signed by the London Society of Radio, or whatever it was, or the wireless of this, of very important people. And they pushed this petition into the Postmaster General, and uh, with a certain automaticity of an inverted Micawber that's waiting for something to turn down. <laughs> he did indeed turn it down. But undeterred, the amateurs persisted, and under the influence of these shock tactics, the Postmaster General eventually did say that they could have a station. And um, this station, the license was uh, that it had to transmit, I think, for only a quarter of an hour a week, that it had to shut down between every item for three minutes, which left very few items, and that its power was to be limited to a quarter of a kilowatt. Well, it fell to us at Rittle, of more than none, to do this transmission, and we worked out the transmitter, and we found that to light, or to heat the filaments of the valve, light is just as good a word, that we uh, needed about a half a kilowatt. And as the license said that this had to, the power had to include that which lighted the filaments, we are still owing the Postmaster General about a quarter of a watt. A kilowatt, I beg your pardon, a kilowatt. But we started. And, um, of course, I suppose you all know that these were, became quite famous transmissions, that they were, indeed, the first regular broadcasting service in Britain. It started in February 1922. The opening programme began with a test announcement by Peter Eckersley in which he identified the station as 2 Emma Tock, that is 2MT in the phonetic alphabet that was in use by the British Army back then. The quarter-hour programme also included live vocal music presented by Robert Howe. Every Tuesday evening there was a similar broadcast from the new Marconi Entertainment Station 2MT at Rittle near Chelmsford. Captain Eckersley was the organiser, the announcer and the operator, together with several Marconi staff as assistants. On some occasions, recorded music was played on a gramophone player, and sometimes they borrowed a piano from a local public house for the presentation of live music. The audience back then were mostly amateur radio operators, men and occasionally women, who had built their own radio receivers. 
The wireless operators who were serving on naval and commercial shipping in nearby waters also enjoyed the programming from Marconi 2MT. All of these radio operators were also listening to similar radio programming that was on the air in irregular short bursts from similar transmitters in France, Radio Radiola in Paris, and Holland, The Hague Concerts, and occasional tests from Germany, as well as a host of European radio amateurs who were sometimes amusing themselves and others with the broadcast of recorded music. Two weeks after their official, though informal, opening, Station 2MT went on the air with a special broadcast, the first live broadcast of a wedding on radio in England, on February 28, 1922. The marriage ceremony celebrated the wedding of 24-year-old Princess Mary, the only daughter of King George V, to 39-year-old Henry Lascelles, the Earl of Harwood. Here's Captain Eckersley again with his recollections of the programming on 2MT. Well, so much for Rittle and its beginning. And um, I think uh, that um, one might spend just a little while giving you some sort of an idea of the character of the programmes. First of all, it was very formal, extremely formal. There were gramophone records. They were put on and we shut down for three minutes to see if we were interfering with legitimate services. Why we were illegitimate, I don't know. <laughs> and um, we had probably the most wonderful form of fade-out or of uh, gain control that's ever been invented because the, the, uh, the gramophone was there and man held the microphone there and if he wanted less, he did that, he wanted, it was the smoothest thing you've ever known, far better than any of your faders. <laughs> the programs later became a little more frivolous. There was a time when uh, I used to go home and let the others do the transmissions, but one time I stayed and had some dinner at the local, and then I sort of suddenly felt that perhaps this formality was a little bit much and picked up the microphone, jabbered, didn't uh, shut down for any three minutes. And um, next morning, uh, when we came in and had a post-mortem, they, 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 all the staff sat around and said, this, I said, oh, did I say that? Oh, my God. Oh, no, I didn't. No, did I really say that? Well, I expected a letter. I got one from head office, from Arthur Burroughs. It was very rebuking. But it was offset by a pile of postcards that said, Wonderful, do it again, we loved it. <laughs> and so we did it again, and we didn't take any notice of Arthur Burroughs, and we were indeed not only pioneers in uh, transmission, we were pioneers in programs. We in fact did the first radio play that I suppose was ever broadcast. And um, we chose that bit out of Cyrano de Bergerac. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. Good night. Wait! I could no more stop loving you. I could no more stop loving you. Than I could stop the sun rising. Than I can stop the sun rising. Really? My cruel love has never stopped growing. In my soul. From the day it was born there. From the day it was born. There. There. If your love is cruel, you should have killed it. I tried. 
It has the strength of Hercules. I tried. It has the strength of Hercules. Hercules. Got anything better? Shh. Do continue, please. And of course, that is played on the stage in the dark, so we thought that was pretty well suitable for sound broadcasting. A hint, a hint. And um, of course, naturally, I played Cyrano. <laughs> Uh, then again, we had, uh, we pioneered the children's hour. We made up um, some um, technical children's hours. I remember one was um, Hey Little Dodrod, four grids and a, three grids and a quadro, the outer one forming the plate, the electrons got muddled with so many grids, but the final M value was eight. <laughs> and um, four and twenty B valves standing on the shelf. Ash couldn't find one, I had to go myself. <laughs> When the circuit opened, the barrel began to sing. Don't you think that I was right to smash the beastly thing? <laughs> well, as you can see, there was a certain frivolity. But there was one story which I cannot resist telling you. Um, a woman came. She was a friend of um, one of the directors, I think. And um, she said, he said, she had a lovely voice. Would we broadcast her? So he said, yes, of course. She arrived. And uh, we said, gaily, we'll come and have some dinner. Dinner? She said, I couldn't possibly. Before I sing, can't eat before you sing. So we left her with four bananas and a bottle of port and went and had... I <coughs> 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 went and had dinner at, uh, at the local. And we came back, and she was still there. And um, I said, well, what are you going to sing? And she said, oh, I'm going to sing some Iruski lullabies. We told her not to make them too Iruski, remembering the, um, <laughs> remembering the audience. And uh, she said, and she said afterwards, I believe you get a lot of postcards, don't you, after a performance? I said, oh, yes, we get a lot of postcards. Could you send them on? Oh, yes, of course we send them on. Well, there wasn't one postcard or one letter that didn't say, dear Mr. Eckersley, that was the best imitation you've ever done. <laughs> Captain P.P. Eckersley. On May the 29th, 1922, three months after its inauguration, the operating channel for station 2MT Rittle was changed from 700 metres, 4 to 8 kilohertz long wave, to 400 metres, 750 kilohertz medium wave. That technical change was necessary due to a harmonic of the original channel causing undesired interference to other official transmissions. During its 11 months of on-air service, the electronic equipment in the Rittle hut was modified, changed, developed and improved as circumstances needed. Station 2MT, now quite famous in the European radio world, quietly closed, with its final broadcast on Tuesday evening, January 16th, 1923. By that time, another Marconi station, 2LO in London, was indeed well established, and radio broadcasts from 2MT were no longer needed. So what happened afterwards? Well, ultimately, the usable leftover radio equipment from 2MT was removed and recycled at the Marconi Radio Factory in Chelmsford. The radio hut at Rittle was subsequently relocated to the King's Road Primary School in Chelmsford, and later again it was re-erected at the Sanford Mill Museum near Sandon, and replica radio equipment was installed. The soggy and sometimes flooded land upon which the radio hut had been erected at Rittle was sold off, and it became a housing estate. Back to you, Jeff. Hello CQ, hello CQ. 
Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Now for some DX news, here's Henry Umahai in the Philippines. Hello everyone to our dear shortwave listeners, wherever you're welcome to the February 13th edition of the Philippine DX. This report number 179. I'm Henry Umada in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXer friends for sending the reception reports most recently. Mr. Sarah McDonald in Canada, Mr. Douglas Copeland in Canada, Mr. Toshiki Choboy in Tokyo, Japan, Mr. Richard Limke in Alberta, Canada, Mr. Jan Sakari Alvarez in Cavite here in the Philippines. To all of you, thank you very much. Reception logs for January 2022. January 9, Radio Nag on 17790 in Burmese from Pauchong at 0204SAO333. January 9, China Business Radio. CNR2 on 17625 in Chinese from Beijing at 0206 SAO444 January 9. And HK World Radio Japan on 15280 in Japanese from Yamata at 0716 SAO454 January 9 China National Radio CNR6 on 11905 in Hakka from Beijing at 0821 SAO454 January 16 Hope Radio on 9965 in English from Pulau Midorn at 0825 SAO555 January 16 KBS World Radio on 9770 in English from Kim J at 0827 SAO343 January 16 KBS World Radio on 9570 in Korean from Kim J at 0829 SAO433 January 16 KBS World Radio on 7275 in Japanese from Kim J at 030 SIO343 January 23 Voice of America on 15150 in Chinese from Oduntani at 0938 SIO555 January 23 China Radio International on 15440 in Chinese from Kunming Aning at 0935 SIO555 January 23 Radio Taiwan International on 12065 in Amoy from Pauchung at 0941 SAO555 January 23, Radio New Zealand International on 11725 in English from Ranjitaki at 0944 SAO333 and January 23, RTM Sarawak FM on 9835 in Malaysian from Kajang at 0951 SAO444. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to pilipinasdx at gmail.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-S-D-X for pilipinasdx at gmail.com. This has been Henry Maday for Wavescan in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central, Philippines, saying mabuhay at maraming salamat po. Thank you, Henry. Uh, here at Wayscan, we get a lot of reception reports from all over the world, and I want to take a few minutes now on the program to acknowledge just a few of the many that come in. Uh, Jacques Augustin in Rosny-sous-Bois in France, 
reports on wave scan via 1555, uh, sorry, 15770 kilohertz at 1300 UTC. Ray Robinson reporting on the history of radio in Barbados with a fair and very clear signal. Thank you, Jacques. Then we go to Cyril, Cyril M. Let's see. Cyril McDonald in Nakuik, New Brunswick, in Canada, in the Maritime Provinces. He also heard uh, Wayscan on 15770 via WRMI at 1300 UTC. That transmission goes up from Central Florida up all along the east coast of uh, North America and then across the Atlantic into Europe and into the Middle East as well. Uh, he was listening on a uh, Grandig Satellite 2400SL with the Sinpo 54444. Excellent signal, he says. Thank you, Cyril McDonald in New Brunswick in Canada. Then we have Brian Oakley in Fort Worth, Texas, who uh, would like a KVOH QSL card. I think that's probably already been sent to you. He heard Wavescan on uh, KVOH on, on 9975 kilohertz. Uh, with the Sinpo 55555, that, uh, I don't see the time, oh, 230, it ended at 0230 UTC. And Brian is using a Panasonic RF3100 receiver. Thank you for your reception report. Richard Gordon, uh, KOEB, let's see, not sure where he's located, but uh, he says, I just wanted to thank you for a great program. I listen to the Wavescan podcast, and I love the radio history and other news. That's right. Uh, Wavescan can be heard uh, as a podcast on the AWR, Adventist World Radio, website. Richard says, uh, thanks for the tip on ordering the World Radio TV handbook. I ordered direct and quickly received my copy in less than a week. I'm in Colorado. Aha, uh-huh. and it shipped from the UK, and <laughs> he got it in less than a week. Very good. Rich Gordon in Colorado. Then we have Fred Moe in Northumberland, New Hampshire, USA. Since I had the pleasure of listening to WaveScan uh, u- uh, using an SDR from Shrewsbury, Vermont. I typically get excellent reception of most WRMI frequencies on my shortwave radios using just a telescopic antenna. However, I've been discovering the world of software-defined radios recently. And he uh, heard Wayscan at 0100 UTC, uh, 9395 kHz with the Sinpo 55555. Our report on uh, Radio Australia Kookaburras with Waltzing Matilda. It says, what a wonderful program, and I truly need to spend more time listening to Shortwave in the coming year. He was hearing our uh, program about bird calls on Shortwave. Thank you, Fred. Osman Dramos in Barillas, Huevetenango, Guatemala. Herbalist Canada 0230 UTC on 5800 kHz from Okeechobee. He says, Escuché el programa Wavescan en inglés. Uh, very good. A reception 54554 five, five, Sinpo. Eugene Komikin heard us in Moscow, in Russia, at 1300 UTC on 15770 kHz. And he says, Wavescan, my favorite DX program. Reception was 45344. And uh, he says, uh, mon- the Monday broadcasts of Wavescan via WRMI is the only possibility to listen to Wavescan in Moscow this winter. 
Well, I'm glad we have uh, many transmissions from uh, many stations so that we can give you uh, everyone an opportunity to hear uh, WaveScan as well as possible. Tim Brockett in Emigrant, Montana, writes to us. He says, I enjoy listening to your WaveScan program. It has been many years since I DXed. In the 1970s, I frequently tuned into medium wave and shortwave stations around the world. I learned a great deal about other countries and enjoyed listening. Unfortunately, a fire destroyed my radio equipment and my QSL card collection. Now that I'm retired, I picked up my previous hobby and started to listen once again and learn. I still find it somewhat magical, in a way, that the Internet was never able to convey, that I can listen to distant voices and music gathered from thin air. Your audience is spread far and wide. The radio I'm using is an AirSpy HF Plus Discovery connected to a U-Loop antenna. I have that connected to a Windows 10 laptop running SDR software. My listening location is Willow Beach, Arizona, which is near Boulder City, Nevada. So uh, he has an address in Montana, but he was in uh, uh, Arizona, right on the uh, border there with Nevada. He picked up Waste Canada 0240 UTC on 7780 kilohertz with a pretty good uh, reception, 434 SIO rating. And it's interesting because 7780 is beamed to Europe, <laughs> yet he's way over in, in Arizona picking it up there. He heard our uh, discussion of Radio Tonga and the broken undersea cable. If you can confirm with a QSL card, that would be wonderful. My shack is in sore need of decorating, and my QSL card collection is almost non-existent due to the fire. It looks like you're transmitting from Botswana. Please confirm. Well, actually, no. 7780 kHz is coming out of Okeechobee, Florida, and as I mentioned, beaming uh, to Europe. However, this program, Wayscan, is transmitted on uh, Voice of uh, Hope Africa, which comes from Zambia. Not Botswana, but right uh, next door there in Zambia. That may be what you're referring to. Thank you, Tim Brockett in Arizona. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, the world's first radio weddings, Snowy Mountains Radio in Australia, and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available for this program. You can send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand. I'll give you in a moment. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234. 
Prakadong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, in the USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone. Thank you.